Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Blake Miller, who'll be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hi, Blake. I'm in. I'm here. It's good to see a friendly face. Yeah. Even though the even though the listeners can't see our friendly faces, we are smiling yeah. and happy and back for yet another episode of Startup Hustle, which, by the way, is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software development team quickly and affordably. So with me today, as I mentioned, sitting in for the esteemed Matt Watson is Blake Miller, Blake's CEO and founder of Homebase. And someone that we're going to talk to about the Internet of, you're our Internet of Things expert. Uh, yeah. And uh, in this day of remote and contactless uh, everything, I think we're, we're going to be helping a lot of people kind of manage this new normal. Yeah. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, I was looking at a lot of different I mean, we've had a lot of different discussions over the last three weeks. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes. I don't think we have to rehash a whole lot of those. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the world is aware. Um, yeah. Um, you know, what, what happened? Yeah, something. I mean, I, I, I fell asleep. I woke up, had this long beard, and, and everyone was wearing masks after. It was kind of strange. And, and you grew a beard. Wait, maybe you already had uh, that. Uh, I've had it. Uh, I actually had to trim it down. It got uh, over the weekend. It was very gnarly. It, it was it was it was the full on twenty one day on top of a, a pretty pretty good a decent beard. I finally shaved my quarantine beard off. It was getting a little itchy, so I think people pe- people were being a little aggressive with their their own uh, their own ability to maintain stuff like that. You know, speaking <laughs> of maintaining stuff, how are, how is Homebase? And by the way, if you want to check out more about what Homebase does, go to homebase.ai. How's Homebase maintaining? How are you guys doing? Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, you know, generally everybody's doing good wherever everybody's healthy. So you know, on the team um, and, you know, we've been checking in with a lot of our clients. Everybody seems to be doing okay and just kind of figuring out, um, you know, how to manage things in this kind of new, new environment. Um, but, uh, you know, Friday the 13th, we pulled, uh, uh, pulled everybody off of job sites where we have um, installers installing uh, or retrofitting smart locks or thermostats or light switches all in apartment buildings, uh, people's apartments. And, uh, you know, Friday the 13th and here in Kansas City is when, um, you know, really a lot of things really started going into full kind of stay at home effect. And uh, we had to make the decision to pull everybody off the job every on all the jobs we had across the country because we just felt like it wasn't prudent to do that. And you know, we've been we've been working from home and and uh, only working in new buildings uh, since then. So, you know, as I kind of made the joke, it's finally a Friday the 13th. It really lived up to its name. I was I was busy trying to plot my escape from the Philippines on that day. <laughs> that was uh, yeah. And and honestly, doing the same thing, you know, locking the office down and uh, you you were a little ahead of the curve there. Um, you know, I don't think everyone had fully wrapped their arms around that. So I, I will commend you on on being a front runner on that. I think it's kind of important. Stay home, stay healthy. It Definitely. appears as if we are we're flattening the curve. Um, so one of the I things that you know. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, no, I think I definitely think it was. I, you know, I think we had some of the good fortune we, at the time. 
you know, full, you know, at the time I thought it was kind of crazy. You know, I thought maybe, maybe people were kind of overreacting or whatever, but, you know, for the fact that we had the big 12 tournament here in, in town, you know, the basketball, uh, college basketball tournament, the fact that they, they, uh, removed people or didn't allow people and then ended up, uh, canceling the entire tournament kind of all within a 36 hour period. That was when it was kind of a wake up call. Like, man, I guess we got to really, you know, take, take precaution. Yeah. I went to bed somewhere around Thursday, the 12th of March and I woke up and there was no more NBA and no more basketball. And I was like, Whoa. And you know, honestly, I was kind of in the same boat. I was in that same boat as you were. I was kind of sitting there thinking, I was like, man, are we overreacting? And I wasn't really sure. I knew that the uh, the economic impact of of shutting everything down would be pretty severe. But at this, you know, and and, and I think at that time, I think a lot of people were still learning about a lot of stuff. So, um, one of the things that you know, I've I've been doing a lot of of reading in my in my quarantine. Because Q time is due, Q time is due time is what sure. what we're saying around my place. Um, but you know, one of the one of the things that I was I was reading was an article about it. It had a section in it talking about how platforms similar to Homebase might end up be in the long run being winners. Um, if you could maybe for those that haven't listened to episodes that you've been on prior, give us a little background about what Homebase does, and maybe a couple comments about. Uh, if it, well, if it, whether or not you think you'll come out of this stronger and why. Yeah. So, you know, we help apartment owners automate the management of their building um, using the Internet of Things. So things like smart locks, smart thermostats, light switches. Um, we've even gotten into and enable community wide Wi-Fi uh, that not only connects all those devices, but allows residents to get connected to it, kind of like living in a hotel. Um, you know, we help property owners make money and save money. Um, without sacrificing the resident experience. Um, and so what does all that mean? Basically, we help, uh, you know, people get into a, an apartment building with a smart smartphone app. We help them pay their rent via a smartphone app. Uh, we help them change their lights, you know, change the thermostat, um, do all of those things from a resident side. But then we help the, the property managers do all that from their own app as well. Um, and so, you know, we were having a lot of success and growing both for with brand new apartment buildings that were putting all these brand new smart stuff in. Um, but then also we were retrofitting a lot of apartments, putting new smart locks that help the apartment owners eliminate keys, um, makes the building a little bit more secure um, and gives the, you know, the prop uh, residents, the ability to uh, get, get themselves in with a smartphone app or, or a fob, uh, into their apartment, but also share with their uh, guests or other uh, people like house cleaners or dog walkers. Um, and so, you know, the market itself, uh, big market growing really, really fast and has definitely become a smart things and smart technology for apartments have definitely become a big um, uh, uh, kind of amenity that apartment owners that are have started to install. Um, and I would say that with this, uh, this kind of new world, we've got uh, our value prop has, has gone mainstream. You know, apartment owners are really trying to figure out how do we keep engaged with our residents without losing um, or, or being more remote and being contactless. Uh, so being able to get uh, people in and out of buildings has been really powerful. So you were one of the very first, you know, we're coming up on the 300th episode of Startup Hustle. And That's incredible. You, know, you were one of our... Isn't that, isn't that kind of weird? Yeah. Crazy. 
Yep. Um, so the uh, w- one of the things that you mentioned early on was you used the phrase time arbitrage. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to revisit that because I think that uh, going for, especially in, in, in during economic downturns or times of uncertainty, anything that anybody that ha- any entrepreneurial venture can benefit from a review of the things that create more efficiency or time savings for them. Yeah, you know, I think the future is, you know, you said time arbitrage. Um, and I think I actually, like, I think I heard that from like a Mark Cuban podcast or something like that. But basically, you know, people are recognizing what their time's worth, whether it's because of the gig economy um, or whatever. But people recognize, you know, I get, I'm, my, my time's worth $20 or $100 or $500 or 1000 whatever it might be. Um, people are recognizing what their time's worth um, and being able to uh, help people save time um, is a huge luxury that, you know, in the past has been, you know, really only pe- for like really kind of a luxury thinking about it kind of like an Uber black or something like that. Um, but now and in the future uh, with smart technology, the internet of things, things like smart locks and everything, you can really start to, you uh, help people have that time arbitrage and have that luxury experience for in an affordable setting um, where because I can go make $50 in an hour um, in the gig economy or whatever, uh, I can ha- I can let the dog walker in um, and have my dog walked instead of having to go home and, let, and do that. Um, and the dog walker only cost $25, but I was able to make uh, $50 in this hour. And so you just, you time arbitrage, you just made 25 bucks. Um, still got your chores done, still took care of, of your responsibilities. Um, and I think that's just like the tip of the iceberg of the, uh, this kind of subscription style living, um, that, that, uh, can happen. So when it comes to the, you know, I, I've, I've spent some time recently talking here on the show about things like, you know, whether it's a favorable or a failing sales environment, what are you finding out there? Are people, are more people inquiring about what you're doing? Are you kind of running into a wait and see attitude? Like what, what are you, what are you, uh, when you put your air to the ground, what is, what are you hearing? Um, you know, the, I, to be honest, like, and I'm actually pulling up my calendar to look back cause I don't even know what day it is at this point, you know, it's just all blending together. But, you know, when, I would say the first week, like the 16th, um, and then even into the, the second week of, of all of this, into the 23rd is really just, it felt like every day was worse news and bad news. You know, not only did we feel tone deaf and we were trying to like get our, get our fix, you know, make sure our team's right and everything too. It's kind of felt the same thing for everybody else. So we weren't doing sales outreach. We were talking to uh, clients that was talking to our, our clients that we had and seeing how we can help them immediately and all of that. Um, and those are areas that we've really kind of uh, we focus on. It was kind of almost like the, uh, you know, when you're on an airplane, they tell you to secure your own mask first. It kind of feel kind of felt like that's what everybody was really doing over the first couple of weeks. I would say last week um, I started doing some light kind of outreach through LinkedIn and kind of asking people what they were doing, if they were starting to think. And you start to get a sense that um, that with the stimulus coming out and and you know, even with all this uncertainty, it felt like people are like, okay, you know, my people are taken care of. Now I got to figure out what we're actually going to do to move kind of the world forward with what we're dealing with. 
Um, and I would say, you know, it's we're we're, ta- we're talking on Tuesday afternoon. Um, I would say that this week that seems to increase a little bit more too. We've got more inbounds in the last week to ten days. Um, that's been up fifteen percent or so. Um, so it does seem like people are still trying to figure out, um, you know, get their get their get their their life right, and then figure out what's next. Yeah, I agree. I think I, you know, over these last few weeks, it went from like, what the fuck? Um, and, you know, I mean, that was like, really like, I mean, I, I mentioned it and you were aware because I talked to you after I got back, yeah. but, you know, I, I was in the Philippines during a lot of this and I felt like that side of the world was about, oh, a couple weeks ahead. Um, and and on, and on many levels, you know, a lot more prepared because they've kind of been down this road before. But, you know, I went from giving inspirational, here we go, let's light the rocket ship to the moon, the fuse on the rocket ship to the moon speeches to like, shit, we're closing, go home, don't come to work, we're locking the building, like... And then it went, you know, like, can I even get out of the, you know, I was, I was afraid I was going to get stuck in Tokyo or something, and, Yeah, you know, and, 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 and well, I didn't, fortunately. I mean, actually my trip back was super smooth. There's nobody in an airport right now. Um, yeah. My wife was like, are you worried that you're going to get COVID in the airport? I'm like, there needs to be people for that. Probably um, the one yeah, my that was clean. Maybe. I, I don't know. I didn't feel too great about the lack of masks and, and general preparedness when I got back to Seattle, as I told you when, when we talked. But um, yeah, there was only uh, six people on my flight from Seattle to Kansas City. So that said, yeah, and that included me. So um, it, with the total flight crew, that might have been six. So, you know, or or whatever. But yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. So, so you know, at what you mentioned earlier, the, the stimulus, I mean, is that, what are your thoughts on that and how that's going to affect, you know, us as entrepreneurs or, I mean, I, I'd be honest, I, I like it. I mean, I, why wouldn't I, um, I think I've never seen anything that, that came out, out of the box that strong and that quickly. Um, the SBA is certainly not known for speed. Um, but you know, we, we've, we've already been approved at full scale. Um, and now that only covers a portion of our issues because we, you know, we only have seven employees in the U S and 183 somewhere else. So the 183 have, have get no relief there, but, um, it's certainly helped. It's certainly been helpful or it will be helpful for us. I mean, what, what's your outlook on that for, for everyone else? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, everyone needs to, you know, go after it in some level if you've been affected. Um, you know, the the reality of it is, and <clears throat> this is just my opinion, I don't know that it's enough. I don't know that it, it's going to get money in hands fast enough. And I don't think it's going to be, uh, you know, I think we're going to have to keep going kind of to the well, because I don't think anybody has any certainty of how long this is going to last. And then furthermore, how long it's going to take to kind of restart our economy. Like everything is so so circular, circular right now. Um, it's a hard word. So say, uh, say that five times in a row really fast. Um, but you know, everyone is affected by this, and you know, I've got so many friends that own restaurants and bars and all these things, and like, you know, for everyone's just for everyone's sake. Like, I hope they get money out fast enough. I hope they get more money out because um, it keeps paychecks going to people, but it's more importantly going to have our way of life to come back to, um, you know, and as 
as touchy as of a subject is of like bailing out um, airport or uh, airlines and, you know, all of those things like, well, we want to be able to travel again. We want to be able to stay at hotels again. We want to be able to do all of these things that, you know, just a short 30 days ago was totally normal. Um, you know, I think we're going to have to throw a lot of money at it. And I've heard, I've heard, you know, anywhere between like 50% of our GDP is for the year is going to get cut in half. Well, it sounds like we got to spend $10 trillion then, you know, where, where's this going to go? Pretty intense, right? It is crazy. And I don't, you know, it's, yeah. it's, funny, it's funny money at this point, but what's the alternative? America's greatest, America's greatest innovation to date is the mint. Yeah. I mean, but what's the alternative? I mean, think, think about that. I, I, I got to be honest with you, like anything that I felt that I understood about economics or the stock market, I threw it out the fucking window, man. Like, I'm like, wow. So I, I, yeah, I mean, we're taking just from print our more money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. are we taking from our future? Absolutely. Are we going to have to pay for this? Absolutely. But what's the alternative? Having 40 million people unemployed? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And that that's about where it was heading too. Yeah. I mean, you know, who knows what, what this is and, and nobody knows. And that's the thing. But I can, I can, I can promise you, if you don't have money in people's hands in the next few days um, and really get this, this going and, and uh, give people some semblance of normalcy, then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, there's a lot, there's a, there's a socioeconomic impact that uh, now long at one point when I was in college at the Kansas, at Kansas university, go Jayhawks. I was, uh, I, I thought that yeah. I wanted to become a, a, I want, I thought I wanted to become a sociologist. Yeah. And then I realized I probably wouldn't make any money doing that. So I decided to, to go another route, but you know, one of the things that, I mean, I mentioned that socioeconomic impact is, I mean, there are, there are like very, very predictable factors that are likely to occur when you remove social institutions and meaning like welfare, food stamps, you know, unemployment benefits. And the, and the biggest one is that, that levels of crime, I mean, dude, skyrocket. Cause if you put people in desperate situations and people are going hungry or they're just desperate for anything, then they fucking steal. It's just like, I mean, it's kind of like, what are you going to do? Not feed your baby or go steal some bread. And, right. you know, just, and, and so a lot of that, I mean, there can be a ripple down there, a ripple effect. And then, you know, just like we, you know, I, I recorded a, in the last episode that we recorded, we had Thad Langford, you know, Thad from Flyover Capital. Yeah. And, you know, we were just talking about, um, a whole lot of other stuff. Like there's a level of like, you know, founders depression and, and just like a, an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I've, nobody I've had some sentiment. The absolute stress well, and the nobody's, nobody has even touched that the absolute stress and the mental like trauma, the PTSD that's going to come out of this. Um, and that was the that, term he used. He said, I, I still have PTSD from 2008. Sure. I mean, think about, think about this. Like, I mean, you know, I'm 35. I'll be 36 in July. Uh, when uh, we get out, getting out of college, slapped with 2008, 2009. You've got an entire generation now that's had two massive crises um, in at the start of their career. Um, you know, this this we already have have mental health issues. We already have all of these things um, that have that people have started really recognizing. Like this is. The next, the next trauma of this virus is going to be the mental health virus, the mental health disease, the 
the trauma of all those things, the isolation of everybody else. Like, that's what I'm really scared about. Like, that's, that's the stuff that's going to be really tough. Yeah. Now, one of the one of the things that we've kind of come to the conclusion of, though, is as entrepreneurs, we're kind of used to the ups and downs. You know, you've I'm sure you've seen a meme at some point. It's like starting the day on top of the world. And by noon, you're like, fuck, this is going to fail. You know, but so on some level, you know. 30, 40 day, you know, just with all this, yeah. right? Well, that, I mean, like, having days like that before all this, yeah, right? on some, uh, yeah, I mean, on some levels, like I said, I mean, it, here's the thing is I, I get, I, you know, you kind of go through that processing phase. Um, and then I think what, what you arrive at is, okay, this is just a different version of another problem, you know, yep. and, and, yep. and it becomes, it has to become very black and white and very zeros and ones. And, you know, and, and that's the thing is, and I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and say, oh, it's not that easy, Matt. Well, in the end, it is because, you know, like it really anything in the end boils down to kind of yes or no, black or white. That's why zero well, binary is what it is. It's choosing how you're going to respond, right? Um, yes. You know, we can sit here and feel bad for ourselves. We can sit here and be like, holy shit. Nobody would even understand the types of conversations, the type of crisis that has been dealt with over all of this, all while trying to figure out how to, you know, get to the next level and do all these things. Nobody will ever understand that. Um, but, you know, how do you how do you get to that next level? How do you, what do you what are you going to do about it? Um, and you can sit here and feel sorry for yourself. You can do whatever, or you can say, okay, it happened. What's next? What are we going to do? Stop feeling sorry. Yeah, for yourself. you know. It- one of the things that Thad Langford said multiple times that I that I even wrote it down. It's just he said, "You just have to survive in advance." It's almost you know, like the Hunger that. Games or yeah. or something. You know, it's like March March. Like I think I tweeted something like that. It was like uh, survive in advance is going to have a whole new meaning in March for entrepreneurs after this. You know, yeah. that's all. This all I, it I is. Saw- survive. survive. I saw another one that said, congratulations, you've made it to April and the next level of Jumanji. Just <laughs> like, <laughs> well, just, just another you know, where, like, God marches over and then like the meme is like Independence Day, <laughs> April. By the way, Independence Day, I ha- I'm making this prediction and I've said this a bunch. I think that's going to have a whole new meaning for us this year because I think that's going to realistically be the real time that people are going to start regaining some faith and in, in public. Um, okay, so anyway, back to IoT. I mean, what's your outlook on the whole IoT industry and how this impacts it anywhere from Oh, like maybe you're an early stage and you're trying to get funded, or maybe you're at your at your in your boat where you've already got traction and you're moving forward. And now, I mean, what are what are what are your industry? What's your industry outlook? Your concerns and your prophecies, sir? Man, that's uh, if I if I really uh, if I really knew, I'd be sitting in the money. Um, you know, I, everything I'm well, hearing. Well, you got to take a shot. Take a shot. Yeah. Everything I'm hearing is funding is drying up, you know, everybody, everybody's a wartime CEO now, you know, figure out how to get to profitability, which we were already on, um, you know, doing kind of all of those things, but it's, you know, it's, it's wartime, uh, and money is probably not going to be flowing. Uh, valuations are going to be cut. Um, you know, VCs and, and whoever are, are, 
um, you know, their, their LPs aren't, aren't wanting to do capital calls, um, you know, all of these things. So I, you know, I think it's going to be like, everybody's kind of prophesizing. And I think it's going to be rough out there. Um, but all that said, I think it's going to, uh, you know, make the great companies shine. Um, and, you know, hope, hopefully this doesn't last through the end of the year. I think if it, if we can get back to normal this summer, um, I think we'll have a recovery by the end of the year and people will really kind of get back to normal, hopefully. I think there's some, something strangely Darwinistic about these things when they come through. I don't even know if strangely is the right term, but you know, like uh, there's, there's uh, you know, always some interesting or sketchy businesses that disappear, you know, like you look back at 2008, I mean, dude, there, there's a whole, there was a whole level of finance and mortgage and all different kinds of shit that just did not belong. I mean, it was reckless. And, you know, I'm not, I mean, honestly, I'm not fully sure what that is, what that's going to be this time. I think that, you know, we've been trying to examine the winners and the losers. I mean, obviously if you're, I think that this is going to permanently change the face of retail. I think this is going to extinguish um, and, ex and, uh, you know, and lead to the extinction of some retail practices and chains. I think that the, I, I think that people wrapping their arms around remote work is going to be on an upswing, like you've never seen. Um, and you know, that's the thing too. It's like change, like, uh, not in, in remote work for sure, but I think it's going to change like the concept of the nine to five. And maybe I should change that to say, like, I hope it changes the concept of the nine to five. Like, I hope it doesn't change the fact that we still go to offices and this is just going to be different. But I think people are recognizing, like, you don't have to be just totally tied down like that nine to five and get your work done if you're working remote that day. Um, you know, as long as it just something's done, there's going to be time sensitive stuff. And not all jobs can be that. But I my hope is that it kind of changes the concept of how we get work done. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we look at, at full scale and we use, pardon? I'm just saying like family time's important, those sorts of things. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, if your yard doesn't look good during this this time, then you just give up. Yeah. Is that true? I'm sorry, my, you kind my of... Yard, oh, I said if my yard doesn't look good during this time, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know... We've, we've always used uh we've always used full scale as as one of the examples and you know like it's a co you know company that watson and i both own and you know we've definitely taken a hit on revenue when it came to some of our clients i think a lot of it is precautionary and then you know we have some clients that do things related to travel uh events yeah. Yeah. Um, different stuff automotive things that are just dead in the water right now and then on the flip side, you know, we've got, we've got a, our, 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 our level of inquiry from new client, like our new client activity, just people going to the full scale website. If you want to check it out, go to fullscale.io and, you know, just like it's remained the same. Now we had just not necessarily been translating into new clients starting now, but I'm feeling a surge of them coming once some of this economic relief and a little more clarity Mm -hmm. um, a, a little more clarity starts to form around the whole situation. You know, you look at things like, um, you know, we were discussing whether, okay, so during times like this, are you being stubborn or are you waiting? 
And there's a, there's a difference because like, you know, like I'm trying this, this has been a big week for me. Cause one, I wanted, I, last week, I couldn't have told you how much we qualified for in PPP. Cause we didn't even know what to calculate what right. they were going to look for, the likelihood of it being, you know, then you have other things too. Like, um, like for example, you've been in the full scale suite at the sprint center. Like when's that opening again? Right. And, you know, and because of that, I mean, I'm, you know, we're having discussions about de- delaying and deferring payments, uh, you know, little things you talk about a scale of having a hundred, having 183 employees. Like I, I'm used to spending $15,000 a month on food at our office in Cebu. Well, right now that whole, the whole city's on lockdown. So some of these things is, you know, you mentioned trying to, there's a difference between waiting and being stubborn. In my opinion, like, you know, waiting to gather all the facts, there's some people that knee jerked and cut their whole staff three weeks ago and are probably looking at that right now going, fuck, what do we do? Yeah. You know, cause here's the thing, you're going to get a free roll from the government. Now, one of the things with that is I did the math on this. So that 350 billion is enough to cover about 1.3 million business small businesses. Uh, the there are a reported 30.2 million small businesses in the yeah. U.S. Now I think a lot of the big ones and the the larger piece of that pie was probably a little more prepared to apply and get that out. And the, probably the bigger tranches of the loans went out are going to go out in the front, but they are going to have to go back to the well on that a lot, a lot. So they're going to have to, and it's either that, or you've got, you got to have universal basic income, you know? And I know I have, a lot, I have friends that are like, this sucks. I'm not getting anything. And it's like, well, you got to hope that your small business or the company that you work for, like can just, keep paying you the paycheck that you have and that the rest of these people um, get something so that there's a semblance of life that you can come back to. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's well, that's been, people. that's been the whole, that's been the whole argument. And, you know, I, I don't get too political, but I'm not really known for like quoting Trump or like being too impressed with him overall. But, you know, there's one thing it's like, if the cure is worse than the the disease, it can be a problem. And that's, that's been my concern with this the whole time is, and, you know, around the, around March 13th or 14th, I had made a comment on Facebook asking if we were going to look back at, at this as having hysteria. Now, I feel a lot differently about it. But at the time I was like, shit, what are we going to do? You know, because if we don't have anything, like you mentioned prior, if we don't have the normal things to come back to and the things that we identify and create an identity around, like, you know, like, well, we, I, I mentioned go Jayhawks. Well, Kansas was number one in basketball going into the tournament. Like, right. Ah, you know, like, I mean, what a as a KU fan, what a shitty thing to occur. Like we, I was talking to Joel Goldberg and we, he, we published yeah. something that I don't know, a week or two ago. He's like, I don't even know if we're going to play baseball this year. I'm hoping. Uh, you know, I, was, and it's, I was just hearing that it sounds like they've got a plan to go back. It's, I mean, they're basically creating like a biosphere or a biodome. Um, they're all going to stay in Arizona and they're all just going to uh, play like seven inning doubleheaders. <laughs> And knock out the season. And who, who would have thought that Paul, that Pauly Shore had it right with the bio game, right? right? That's all I can keep thinking about, right? But I mean, you know, is Pauly Shore in the biodome? I wish, right? But you know, the, yeah, no that, with everybody else, if everyone else is, you know, going to stay home and which they should, and do all these things, like I think it's great that we can come up with innovative ways that we can get some semblance of life back, right? We can get b- baseball back, and that helps. That'll help continue to heal people and 
um, you know, being able to watch that. I see people giving shit to Dana White because he wants to get a fight next week or whatever. It's like, well, fuck yeah, that's awesome. If those guys are willing to do it on on a private island, it's all. It's like you're telling me that with literally everything else canceled, you you're going to say he's being negligent. Like these guys are going to be tested. These guys are going to do everything, and these guys are going to go fight each other. Like, yeah, you know, like uh, I know that sounds like I'm just being very flipping about it but like i think these are things that we need as as like humans like hey things are going to get back to normal and i and i commend them for pushing forward and finding ways to do that i called my dad yesterday and i said what are you doing and he said i'm watching the 1960 masters and i said (laughs) "Uh oh man and i said how bad would you love a memphis grizzlies versus orlando magic game right now and he goes I'm getting really close to that, Matt. I'm getting really close. And my dad's not even an NBA fan. So kind of, I mean, on some levels, you talk about the biodome or baseball, like any of this stuff. I mean, dude, you, you would have some ratings. That's for sure. And, you know, I mean, as while that gate revenue doesn't hurt, um, I mean, you would have definitely have some people watching. So, well, like, but, you know, once again, pardon? The captive audience much? Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Once again, with us today, we have Blake Miller, the CEO and founder of Homebase. If you want to learn more about Homebase and what they do, you can go to homebase.ai. If you want to learn a little bit more about the business that I own, you can go to fullscale.io. We help you build software development teams quickly and affordably. So Blake, as we close out this episode of Startup Hustle, and this is what maybe your fourth time on here. So I believe you, you've you been through the Founders Freestyle at some point. We like to end a lot of our episodes with just a, a little general advice advice giving, I will let you go first and then I'll follow up. Uh, wow. Didn't even have any time to think about that. You know, I, th- I think that sure you did. You did it last time. Didn't you? Um, I don't remember this, but I, I think just good general you advice. Better, you get better answers when you're not warned. Yeah, for sure. I think good. There general- you go. I bought you, I bought you like 30 seconds. Perfect. Um, you know, I think good general advice for anybody right now is just to be kind and be patient for every with everybody. I think everybody's trying to figure out what's going on here. And um, I think be kind, be patient, but then, you know, take care of your people, take care of your tribe, um, do the best that you can. And, um, you know, I think, I think trying to have empathy for everybody right now is really like the best advice um, that I could give, because I think, uh, I think that's what we all need right now. Because, For the most part, I I don't think anybody's doing anything very uh, nefarious right now. They're just trying to survive. Yeah, I agree. I I mean, I think that that overall, if you just, you know, you're going to, you have to decide if you want to sink or swim. And if swimming is your choice, then start kicking those legs and flapping those arms, point yourself in some general direction. Um, you know, the, the thing is, is no one knows what the future is going to hold. I mean, you look at some things like, like the PPP loans and different stuff like that. And, you know, if you got, if you didn't get an application and keep trying, I mean, you know, get in line. I mean, uh, as far as, you know, at full scale, we were, we were already, we saw that coming and realized that was like part of the cares act. And we were calling banks 10 days before the actual applications could be put in. And we ended up utilizing our own bank for that, which hadn't been our ideal lending partner in the past. So, you know, there's, there's, you know, you just got to try to create some relationships and get your stuff in and around the situations that make the most sense. And like I said, decide you want to swim and start moving those legs and arms. 
Totally agree. You just got to do the best you can. Speaking of which, I'm going to get back to swimming, Blake. Thanks Thanks for hanging out, man. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.